What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Justin, and I want to welcome you all to Primetime 21st Gaming. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube or follow me on Twitch, but my main channel is YouTube, so definitely check me out on there. You'll find uh, reviews, gameplay, and, of course, the Primetime Podcast. Now, today, I am doing the podcast live on Twitch, somewhat of an experiment. I've got some people in here. I'm going to answer a few questions on the day's topic, and today's topic is the death of Sega. We're going to talk about the company that was once a juggernaut in the video game industry and uh, has fallen off. And I mean, they're still around, but and we'll talk about all of that once we get there. But definitely check out, though, the past podcast. You can go on YouTube and look under my playlist. It has its own playlist, the Primetime Podcast. Episode 1, I talked about the Tomb Raider franchise. Episode 2, I covered Nintendo 64 versus PlayStation 1. And then episode three was talking about Xbox consoles with my buddy Dion. So uh, definitely check those out. But today, it's the death of Sega. Alright, so let's start a little bit with um, Sega Today. Uh, you know, they're still making games, and uh, Sonic Mania had just come out not too long ago, and I had got it for PlayStation 4, and I thought, honestly, it was an incredible game. I, I did. I, I thought it was certainly challenging, and it definitely had that old-school feel to it. it. It was old-school Sonic, but, you know, just a newer, and it was a new game. It was, it's, it's a really good game, so... Sega is still out there making games, and then of course we still have, you know, they they do like the little the little Genesis that you can like a plug and play right into the TV, and they, there's like games already preloaded, somewhat like a an NES classic or a SNES classic, you know, something like that. Uh, but there's so many out there, it's not even funny. But um, I know recently they they did one where they they dropped the you know yellow and white cable hookup, and now you can hook it up HD and but anyway, they're, you know, Sega's still out there, but they're nowhere near what they used to be. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to talk about the death of Sega. And I think the best part, or the, the best way to start it is at towards the end of the Genesis run. Now, everyone knows that the Genesis was, uh, you know, Nintendo's biggest competitor. Sega, of course, Nintendo's biggest competitor. But the Genesis... Uh, you know, always was marketed towards the, the older kids, you know, and uh, made Nintendo look like the, the little children's console, which is not true at all. Um, if you've advanced a little bit and move on to Nintendo 64, uh, which I talked about a couple episodes ago, um, Ocarina of Time is no ways near a kid's game. I actually played through it for the first time uh, completely played through it, and that is a challenging game in my opinion, but we're not here talking about Nintendo, we're getting started with Sega. So the end of the Genesis, they were trying to milk it, they were trying to, they were trying to get whatever they could out of it there towards the end, and, and Atari had just released the Jaguar in 1993, and was claiming it to be a 64-bit console, so you be the judge, if it was a 64-bit console or not. I have a hard time believing it is, especially if you're looking at games like Cybermorph and stuff. It just doesn't... I don't see it. 
But anyway, Sega released an add-on for the Genesis called the 32X in 1994. It was a mushroom-shaped little add-on that connected to the Genesis by the cartridge slot, turning it to turning it from a 16-bit console to a 32. But the starting price for the 32X was a little it was a little pricey, at least around that time anyway. Uh, and the add-on was around $160. And it but here was the thing. Why would you pay $160 when it only had three games available at launch? You know what I mean? Like, you just wouldn't... The games looked rushed, uh, because they were, and the sales dropped drastically, and eventually uh, the the add-on dropped to like 20 bucks. So, um, I did not have a 32X. I see someone in the chat asking if I had the Sega CD or a 32X. I did not. I... I I didn't have either, or I just I just had the Genesis, and um, I was I was always late to the to the next biggest console. Like I w I had an NES growing up, and then went to a Genesis, and then straight to a PlayStation. Like I um, and by the I mean I had a Genesis, and the PlayStation one was already out. I didn't get to the PlayStation one till towards the end, but um, but anyway, the Sega Saturn released in 1994. Uh, in Japan, two weeks before the PlayStation 1 released. And even with that head start that the Saturn had, the PlayStation 1 was starting to outsell it in Japan. So Sega of Japan uh, started getting nervous and told Sega of America to release the Saturn in North America four months early. So go to E3 in 1995 and the Sega Saturn was previewed and at the end of their presentation it was surprisingly announced that it would be available immediately at a jaw-dropping price of $399. Now you may think that's nothing compared to, uh, you know, gaming consoles today. That's abs you know, that's that's not bad. But at that time, yes, that was expensive. And um, well, anyway, being as savage as Sony was at that time, the E3 moment it is known as the price heard around the world. After the PlayStation 1 was previewed, Sony Computer Entertainment of America's president ditched his speech and said $299 and sat down immediately. And the crowd erupted. So they're telling, you know, everyone, they, they basically buried Sega right then and there. They're like, okay, well, here is, here's what you, here's what you've presented to us for that high of a price. Here's what we're offering for cheaper. So the Saturn then had promised to have 20 launch titles, but ended up with just six. That is a huge difference. That's a huge difference. It's not like, hey, we're starting, we're gonna have 20 titles uh, at launch. Oh, uh, you know what? We couldn't make it happen. Here's 15. No, 20, and ended up with six. Can you imagine like 20 launch titles today? But I mean that it it, it kind of seems out there. You know what I mean? I think like the what, the Switch only had, oh jeez, I could be so off, but I want to think the Switch only had like maybe four or something, and the 64 didn't have a lot when it came out either, so, um, but anyway, that was just a promise that, that was not kept, but, so the four-month head start sold about 80,000 units for the Saturn, but when the PlayStation 1 released in September that year, it took them just two days to reach 100,000. That's insane. That it that that's insane. It just shows you, you know, 
the price is is a huge and and I I mean I've I have a Saturn. I didn't have a Saturn growing up, but I don't know. I, to me, I just think the PlayStation One was a, a much better console than the Saturn. But that's just my opinion. You may have a you know completely different opinion than 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 I do. But um, that's just me. But the Saturn was discontinued in 1998, so it didn't. You know, from 95 to 98, it it just that seems that seems short to me. That just seems like a short you know time frame for for a console to be discontinued. So then the Dreamcast released in 1999. Everyone remembers the commercials, 9999, okay? That was the release of the Saturn. It seemed very impressive, and it did well in North America, selling 500,000 units in two weeks. Had online connectivity, some good games to launch with, and with all that success, Sega kept hearing rumbling of the PS2, and how much more impressive it would be including a built-in DVD player. This is the future. You know, they're, we're moving on. And even though, like I said, the Dreamcast was going to have, you know, online connectivity, we're moving out of the VHS era into the DVDs. You know what I mean? And, and the fact that, I think, you know, also, going back to the PlayStation 1, the PlayStation 1 was a CD player. Like, you, you just, you could put in a, a CD, and, and some people say that the original PlayStation, um, the, the sound... The stereo, like, like the sound of it was, was incredible, but I, I don't know. I didn't look into it that much. I honestly didn't use my PlayStation a lot as a CD player, but I did use my PS2 as a DVD player. It's, it's a, it's a two in one, you know, and DVD players were expensive back then. Uh, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty cheap now. Everything, everything's all Blu-ray, but anyway, um, it had a built-in DVD player and the PS2 was a powerful console. And it sold very well on release. In Japan, day one, they sold 600,000 units compared to the Dreamcast selling just 500,000 in two weeks in North America. So during that holiday season in 2000, the Dreamcast once again started selling very well due to the part shortages in Japan for the PS2. And that held them up uh, for shipping to North America. But it didn't last long, and Sega threw in the towel and discontinued the Dreamcast early 2001. You know, it's kind of crazy to think when you when you look back and you think the the rival was always Nintendo versus Sega, but in the end it was Sony that or well the PS2 alone drove the dagger in and uh you know third-party developers like EA wouldn't even work with them because of the failures of the Saturn. You know, you could look back and think, well what if the Saturn wasn't so or wasn't as expensive? I, I don't even know if that would have been you know enough to keep them around or maybe maybe it would have kept them around a little longer but you know i just think people lost their trust with with sega and uh you know like i said the uh 1995 the saturn was released and by 98 it was discontinued 
a year later, 99, the Dreamcast is already coming out. So those people who spent money on the Saturn just a few years ago are going to have to spend a good bit of change to to get the new console. And then the PS2, on top of that, you get a DVD player. It was just the better... It was just the better option, you know what I mean? It's kind of like a bundle. It's like a bundle deal. Why wouldn't you? So, I mean, the Dreamcast is definitely... It, it was definitely ahead of its time. And I never had one growing up. I have one now, and I can tell you, I actually like to sit down and play some some Sega Dreamcast. I didn't care much for the Saturn. I still don't care much for the Saturn. I do like the Saturn cases, but that's about it. But... The, the Sega Dreamcast was a console that I just think, due to the failures of the Saturn, it just it wasn't able to get the recognition that it probably deserved. So, But anyway, let's get to some questions here. Uh, we've got Robert Barnett said, Did you ever buy a Sega console on release day? I never did. No, I, I never did. I was, uh, growing up, I was, I was always a, a PlayStation uh, kid, I I had to, you know, from the, other than my NES that was basically, it was just always there for me, um, I did get a Sega Genesis, but not until like 98, something like that, and then I got the PlayStation 1 in 99, and I didn't look back from there, I got a PS2 and stuff like that, but no, I never got a Sega console on release day. My uncle, however, um, ended up getting the the Dreamcast when it came out in 99 and uh, I, I remember uh, he was pretty excited for that 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 build up 9999 so but no I didn't alright here we go we got Mariah 381 if the Saturn were to start a lower price do you think Sony's PS1 would have had more competition with them and I just kinda covered that a little bit I honestly think eventually it I don't think the price would have mattered, truthfully. I don't, because the PlayStation 1 just had so much more to offer than the Saturn did. You know, and, and maybe if the Saturn was a... Maybe if the Saturn... Let's see, the PlayStation um, started at $299. So if the Saturn was maybe... I don't know. I, I would want to say $199, but that's a little cheap um, for, a, for a new console. I don't know. I just think the PlayStation... I don't think they really stood a chance against Sony's PlayStation. Cody Binder. I think I may be the only one who wanted Sega to outlast Nintendo. That war went the wrong way, in my opinion. Do you agree? Um... I'd have to disagree. And I'm not... I'm not like a... I'm not like a Nintendo fanboy or anything like that. I love... I love Nintendo. I love Sony. I love them all, you know, I love Xbox, and I, I love Sega as well, and, you know, I think the one thing I loved about Sega the most was, like, especially the Genesis, was the music. You know, you had the synthesizer-style music, and I liked that more than I, you know, really cared for the Nintendo music. I mean, yes, I love classic Mario, the Mario theme, the Zelda theme, and, and stuff like that, but that synthesizer music was, was pretty cool, but... I don't know. I mean, I kind of honestly, I kind of wish that Sega was still making consoles. I really do. Um, but I, I mean, if if that that's your opinion, you think it went the wrong way. Um, I think it. I don't. I think it went. I'm, I'm kind of torn because I'm like, 
I kind of wish, you know, like I said, I, w- I kind of wish Sega was still making consoles, so. Um, but Nintendo, Nintendo definitely lost a battle as well there for a little bit, you know, losing to, to Sony with uh, sales, you know, Sony beating them, the, the Nintendo 64 with their PS1, and then the PS2 beating out the GameCube. But, and Nintendo really wouldn't pick up any, you know, any speed until the Wii. But, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I think, you know, Sega, Sega's still out there, and there's rumor going around. It's been going around for the past, oh god, probably 10 years. Sega's gonna get back into the console market, and I, I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see them making, making consoles anymore. You know, but, alright, let's see, we got another one here. If Sony and Nintendo worked out a deal back in the day, do you think Sega would still be making consoles? Um, possibly. Yes, that is a that's a good question because you got to think the the PlayStation wouldn't be around. You know, Sony would be just partnered up with Nintendo, but it's kind of hard to tell. You know, who knows? Uh, would you buy a new Sega console if they were to release in the future? I probably would. Depending on the price, I would hope they'd be a little smart about. It. But then again, look at console prices today. That three ninety nine is nothing compared to today. You know, I I think the what was it the Xbox the Xbox One and PS four started out at five hundred, I believe, or maybe the maybe the PlayStation four was four hundred. I'm I'm not sure. I know when I bought my Xbox, it was five hundred. The Xbox One, but yeah, those those prices. They're nothing, you know. And it's weird because video game prices back in the day were more than they are today. I mean, not counting the DLC bullcrap, but um, heck, you could pay, you could buy the video game three times by the time you buy all the DLC for a game. But that's a whole nother podcast. Am I the only one that thinks Xbox copied the controller design for the Dreamcast? It's very similar. Um, like with the buttons and the the uh, the color scheme or the you know the color of the the buttons and stuff it is very similar but I've heard that before I've definitely heard that before what's your favorite Sega console um it's definitely between the Genesis and the Dreamcast like I said I didn't care a whole lot for the Saturn and the Master System was way before my time and I always had like I said I I grew up with an NES so I'd have to go with the uh, Man, the, the Genesis or the probably the Genesis. I have more memories with the with the Genesis than I would of the Saturn. So, but all right, guys, that's gonna do it. You know, just a not a very long podcast. Just pretty much cover what I thought anyway was the death of Sega. And when I when I look back at it, um, just business decisions. You know what I mean? Um, it's just. Sega pretty much buried themselves, and Sony was there, like I said, to drive that final dagger in, to uh, to make sure they were they were completely finished off. But that's it, guys. That is the death of Sega. Once again, I want to thank everybody who came in and watched this live, and uh, you know I appreciate the questions. And those of you who are watching it later, once it has been uploaded to YouTube, be sure to subscribe to Primetime Twenty First Gaming on YouTube. Also. Be sure to follow me on Twitch. I'm not on there as much as I am on YouTube. 
uh, but you can catch me on there once in a while. But definitely check out YouTube. I do gameplay, reviews, and of course the Primetime Podcast. So who knows what the next episode will be, but there definitely will be some more Primetime Podcast episodes. I try to do one a month. So definitely check them out, and uh, that's going to do it for me, guys. My name is Justin. This is the Primetime Podcast, and I'm signing off.